Hi, welcome to Dear Seekers, a podcast explores and celebrates the art and practice of seeking. Through real conversations with intriguing, insightful, and inspiring women, our goal is to serve as a reminder, a friend, to all of us navigating in this world, seeking spiritually, creatively, and intellectually. Some days may be tougher than the others. Some years may seem more clear than the others. Hope my conversations with these amazing women can bring you some light, some joy, and some aha moments. Every time I do something for myself, when it's just like not for a job, not for a shoot, if it's just like I have flowers, whether they're left over from something else or whether I just go out and buy some, like I still do that. Everything is sort of stripped away, and you're just you're just doing it for yourself. You're not nervous that somebody will get it. Like you just are doing it for the art of it, and for yourself, and for your own creative fulfillment. I think that's what always brings me back to like the love of doing it, and like, and just using it to express. This is Sasha Shell, and that was Lauren Sullen. You may or may not have noticed a new wave of floral design has emerged in the most recent years. Many leading florists around the world have pushed this art form onto a quite different direction, and brought new attention to this old craft. One of them is Canada's very own Lauren Sellen from Coyote Flowers. Having worked with colorful brands like Glossier, created dreamlike wedding installation in Provence, and collaborated with artists in other disciplinary to create fascinating editorials. Lauren is never afraid of one thing, that is experimenting. Through constantly experimenting, Lauren has discovered her own artistic identity, which has also attracted a unique group of clientele, who also gravitate towards unconventional beauty. And through her experimenting, Lauren continues to bring nuance to her design and craft. So welcome to Dear Seekers. Thank you. <laughs> so, what, what, what kind of childhood did you have? If we can go right back to it. Oh, I think like I think in my opinion, I had a pretty like normal childhood for average Canadian family. I、mm-hmm. grew up、um, in a small town outside of Winnipeg, and I had two older sisters. And oh, you have two older sisters. Yeah. yeah oh wow. Yeah, and. I mean, we had like a pretty nice home and the swimming pool in the backyard,、mm-hmm. and so. And you、yeah. mentioned one of your sisters. Yeah. She was more like、um, kind of reading a lot, writing a lot. Yeah. What about She's the very, other one? Like literary.、Mm-hmm. Um, and the other one is sort of in always opposite of me. I think、um, she's、uh, sort of more academic, more.、Um, Yeah, she's an accountant,、mm. so she has a different style than me. But she's like 
super sweet. We sort of offered something, you right. know, that the other ones didn't. But um, being out in the country or in a small town, it was there was lots of time in the backyard, and we had a treehouse, and like, yeah, always played. And I would walk home from school, um, like being different characters and mm, like really yeah what yeah. kind of characters i don't know I, like sometimes i would be like being interviewed like on my way home <laughs> oh, and stuff and like, i would yeah, right this now? is maybe like a fulfilling a prophecy or something oh, but my goodness yeah no i always just wanted to um i don't know like i mean i loved growing up there but in a way i always sort of dreamt about getting out of that you know mm-hmm. like being in a big city like this or like doing something more I think people were interested in or something like that so it's like it's actually funny that you ask me that because now I'm sitting here like answering questions about it and it's so kind of cool yeah yeah kind of things come back in full circle yeah I'm just like realizing that. you're just realizing now <laughs> yeah like in this moment I just kind of think like yeah that is my childhood memory of like walking home from school and like talking to myself really but like I don't know, just being like talking about something I've done or something I made or mm-hmm. something I like. Yeah. yeah. So. And cool. do you remember what kind of things you, at that point? Of course, mm-hmm. you haven't achieved a lot yet. No. <laughs> no. I had a few things left to do. Yeah. So what kind of things you at that point you were excited to, uh, about sharing? Like it was inter- often like I lo- like it was sort of, you know, like the childhood, like. I don't know, maybe pretend I was like an actress or a, I've done some scene or some movie or something like that. Right. I can't sing, so it wouldn't have been something like that. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know, just just answering questions about like a different character or mm-hmm. like like I was always interested in stuff like that, always interested in like emotional things and and like being different people and mm. stuff like that. And that kind of interesting tie back to what you shared with me earlier about your theater background. Yeah. So er, from early stage, you already kind of had that desire, that you oh, know, yeah. that passion to yeah. go down that road. Yeah. I guess that never really changed till you no, go to the theater school. No, and I think like even now, like I still have that, I still have that interest. I still have, um, like I love taking on a different persona, I guess. Like I love getting into somebody else's head or thinking about like what they must be feeling or thinking or like what past experiences have brought them to this moment. Like I just find that also fascinating. Mm. And I don't think like I have the stomach to be an actor. I I would get horribly, horribly nervous doing theater or film or whatever. Like I did some little stuff, but nothing too big. But I just felt like I didn't have what it took to like because I I kind of feel like to be an actor who makes it or to be like to do performance art that says something to somebody you have to kind of give up a lot like you have to like fully commit yourself and like want it more than anything else and I I didn't like Mm -hmm. I, I just like it I enjoy it but like it's like it's like I like dancing a lot but I don't want to be a dancer you know so it was just sort of realizing that it was like an interest of mine and something I enjoyed doing, but not something I wanted to like pursue as a career. Mm-hmm. Or when my theater program ended, that was sort of when I was like, okay, like what am I really going to do like for a job, like for a career? What am I going to 
do now that this like kind of playtime is over. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So what did you do? conversations I really felt like I was at like a fork in the road or had a, a blank canvas or however you, however you want to put it but um, I had a number of conversations with my sisters and my parents and my husband I was like I want any and every idea like throw it at me like do I want to be like a blood technician do I want to be a crime scene wow. investigator like do I want to be a nurse do I want to like I don't know anything mm-hmm And I sort of made a list of what I wanted it to fulfill for me. Like it was things like I wanted, I want to have a skill. I want to do something with my hands. I want to do something creative, but I don't really want to go back to school for a long time. If I need to learn something, I can learn it, but I also didn't want anything like entry level. And so it was like all these things that I needed it to fulfill for me. And I also wanted it to be something where like I had the job, you know, I wasn't constantly like pitching myself or auditioning for things or Mm. things like that. Like I just like, I have a job and people come to me if they want that, but I can always be creative and be doing different things. So it's flowers is kind of all of those things. And I always really loved flowers, but I didn't, um, ever really think of it as a job until I think it was my sister said, what about doing flowers or being Mm. a florist? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So she reminds you of uh, interest now, of course, passion of yours that you yourself didn't even notice or even see it clearly. Yeah, totally. Like I I thought it was like, like liking chocolate. Like I'm like, everyone likes chocolate. Mm. I don't want to make chocolate, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but um Yeah, no, I was like, oh, yeah, like I I could totally do something like that because it's it is like making something with like a living medium, especially now it's like making art out of flowers. Right. Yeah. But how did you I mean, it's first of all, it's really smart of you actually put on a list of a lot of things you think is going to make you happy, fulfill you mm-hmm. and things that may not be the right things and you kind of put all the puzzles together and then kind of narrow it down to right. have few things yeah but still i what kind of things you you think your sister saw in you that make her recommend being a florist the only thing i can think of is like when i was getting married a million years ago um I wanted to decorate with flowers like I wanted flowers to be everywhere and I wanted the time it really wasn't the style but I wanted it to be like jewel tone flowers like everywhere just rich and moody kind of with like deep tones of things and I wanted flowers to be everywhere and I think there was a miscommunication with my wedding florist at the time because when it came time for the flowers to be delivered to the venue the day before we were all there ready to receive them and they were just like boxes of bunches of flowers, like unarranged. So okay. they arrived in like wholesale format where it was just like all these single stem flowers and nothing was in a vase, nothing was arranged, nothing was even in water. So my aunt and my mom and my sisters and my friends and all of us just like 
brought vases that we had at home because the wedding is like the next day and we just were like putting things together which was fine because that's sort of what I kind of wanted anyway and it Mm -hmm. it was kind of like a an eclectic like mix of like all these different vases and all these different flowers and it kind of worked in the end I guess but um but that's not really what I thought was going to be in that box (laughs) so yeah, it was a surprise. But there so there was that moment where like we were arranging with flowers, but I don't know that I was particularly talented at that point, but it w- how I saw my wedding was that there was flowers everywhere, you know, and it, it just like different flowers and mm-hmm. yeah, sort of like a wild collection of flowers. This is not only an awakening moment for Lauren's sister to spot the potential in her, but also a magical event for Lauren to get in touch with something that is so foreign yet so familiar. Well, I was in Ottawa. Um, We were there because my husband was um, transferred there from Winnipeg, so about seven years ago now. And it was the time that my program had ended and I had just made the decision that I was going to do flowers. And so I started following just people on Instagram that I admired or that I had stumbled across and I liked their style, their design style. I'd never really seen like flowers done in such an interesting way before like coming from Winnipeg and then Ottawa being such a conservative Mm. city like they weren't really doing very like out there things yeah with flowers so I started following people from New York and like Utah of all places and and Toronto and I just was like, I just want to like try this. So I went and got myself uh, a business number so that I could buy wholesale flowers because it's so expensive to try and and mess around with flowers as individual stems. Mm -hmm. If you're just buying them from a shop, like it gets so expensive. So I got myself that. And then I would just buy a bunch of flowers and put them together and take them apart and put Mm -hmm. them together and take them apart again and again and again. And and then take pictures all all the way along, like, so that I would just learn how to, like, handle them and how to, I don't know, like, what different shapes did and and what mechanics worked and what didn't. And, and then I did take, like, a number of workshops, like, one in Toronto, um, one in New York, and one in Utah. Why Utah? So, I don't know. It's, like, this weird, like, flower hub of, mm. like, really good florists come out of Utah. I don't know. They don't even have a flower market, but they yeah. just are like really good there's a lot of really cool florists out of utah so out of the three places which kind of things came out make things more clear for you as a florist um, or things you learned that became the highlight of each places i don't know i think the three are very different yeah yeah Yeah. they were and like the, the toronto program i took was very traditional like it was it was like old school methods, mm-hmm. which was, I think, good to learn. The foundation. Yeah. yeah. And then learn how to like break the rules. But um, it sort of just got my feet wet. Like Toronto just sort of got me like handling flowers and playing with them and not so scared of like touching them and learned how to clean them and stuff like that. Um, 
New York was really eye-opening because it, it was the style that I wanted. It was the cool girls playing with flowers and like having a business and like they were wild and sort of interesting and like a new thing I hadn't seen before. And Utah was a few years later and it was it was just really good because I think I was at a different stage in my sort of journey with them and I was like I had known a little bit more at that point and so I was really like able to soak up like like I don't know just a different style too. Yeah, yeah. 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 When we were in Ottawa, um my husband got transferred to again to Toronto. And I had applied for a job just based on Instagram. Like there was a job posting uh, at a shop in Toronto and I applied. I got an interview and I was so like, I so wanted it that I was like, I'll fly out. I'm going to fly out to Mm -hmm. Toronto to do this interview from Ottawa. Got the job, I think, because she could tell that I was like super passionate about like just this little, I think it was like maybe a part-time job at that point too, but I found that in Ottawa, I was applying for jobs and I couldn't get anything because I didn't have any experience. So the fact that somebody saw something in me based on like what I started posting on Instagram, just having done it a little bit like out of my kitchen by myself, I got the job. So when we moved to Toronto, I worked in a shop for about two years. And then at that point, I decided to go out on my own. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when you actually working with someone, working with a team, and now establish yourself as a freelancer. Um, what kind of things that now looking back was the toughest thing you have to learn or have to experience? Oh, definitely, like definitely the business and the yeah. things. Like having my own business was never, ever something I wanted to do. It's not sort of like something that I even feel like I'm interested in a lot of the time. It's not something I feel like I'm particularly good at having a business. I just... It's sort of like a means to an end. Like, Mm -hmm. I just really want to design and to be working with the flowers and to create. And it lets me do it the way I want to do it. And it lets me sort of work with the clients I want to work with. Like, being your own boss, you get to make sort of those decisions, which is such a, like, luxury. Right. For many artists, quite frankly, in any disciplinary, finding that artistic identity could be quite a painful process. It's a process of self-discovery, scratching things off the list, and a process of self-learning, unlearning, and relearning. That was like, I think a huge sort of hurdle for me. I have an interest in like so many different styles. I like so many different styles. And I think it's like, it even, you know, stems from the fact that I like wanted to be so many different characters. Like even as a kid, like I sometimes want to dress like, like a ratty, like sort of boy kind of like with big 
jeans and hoodies and whatever. And sometimes I want to be like really put together and like sophisticated and like have, wear a dress and like be girly. And I just feel like that can kind of mess you up and you can be confused and there's like too much going on. And then you almost go like, I don't even really know what my style is because I like so many different things of so many different styles. Mm -hmm. Like I could never commit to any one style for too long. So I think it was the same with flowers. And I, I think I did have a time where I was just doing the style that, that I had been doing in the shop that I had my first job in. And I kind of had to like develop and learn what my style was. And then I think when all of this, um, all of the new wave, like florists started coming out with their like really weird stuff or really minimal or odd shaped things, I was like interested in that as well. And I think that it took me a little bit, like a, a moment or so to, to figure out what my style was. And I think I've... I think I've kind of come to it. Like, I think I've discovered that I like things that are like romantic and beautiful, but that are odd. I describe it as unraveling beauty, like sort of this well put together woman comes home from a day and is lounging on the sofa with a glass of wine and she starts to like, you know, unbutton her top button and kick her shoes off or something like that. Like, that's how I see, like, an arrangement where it starts to relax a little mm -hmm. bit, you know, where it, where it was put together at one point and then you take a thing or two out and you see, like, how it starts to just become more effortless, yeah. you know? So, like, that's sort of, like, it's what I try to do. It's kind of you talk about uh, your inspiration or this picture and this movement in your head uh, about this woman and almost like a scenario, mm -hmm. a dreamlike scenario you created in your mind. Yeah. But I never heard of someone would say this scenario of this woman yeah, yeah. almost very particular and then it's very realistic in a way. Mm -hmm. But from this realistic element, you actually... Uh, use that for something so abstract. Right, That's something yeah, yeah. I kind of find it very interesting. I think when you have the foundation of like who it's for, what what is like the emotional intention behind any piece of art, you can then branch off from it or stray from it, but it still it still lands because it it knows what it is. You know, mm -hmm. I still like to like yeah stray from from even that idea, but um, and like you know, clients' desires enter in sometimes. But but I think always being true to, like, my style and and have that be the reason that I think clients come to me because they trust me and my, my like, design aesthetic. Yeah, like, always having that as the foundation to come back to, I think, mm -hmm. has been really, really beneficial for me. And what's your kind of, like, creating process? Do you have, like, the picture in your head already or you kind of have the feeling or a little depends. bit a little bit sometimes I, I will sketch something out like it's all it's kind of funny actually I have these I have sketches that I've done on like different jobs where then I look at the real picture the finished product and I look at the sketch before and it like kind of is pretty similar and mm. it's really cool but yeah so sometimes I'll I'll sketch something out even just so I can show it to people too and communicate my idea because I don't want to necessarily show them other pictures of other people's work or things that have been done before. It's sort of like we want to do something different, right? So yeah, sometimes I'll do that. But I'll just try and 
fit the environment or what, whatever the, my given circumstances are with a piece, I'll, I'll take that in and I'll, I'll consider it and I'll consider what vessel it's going into or whether it's an installation, where it's going to live in the end. And I'll try and make it something that like you just like as a viewer would accept that that would be there, like in whatever state, like mm-hmm. whether it's this beautiful finished piece that has everything in place or whether it looks like it's just been growing there for like, I don't know, a decade or so. Mm-hmm. And what, whenever you finish that product um, or finish that arrangement or installation, do you usually kind of go back to tweak about it or? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> but where do you stop? Where do you say this is good enough? Um, normally, like taking a photograph of something mm. really helps in anything, like whether it's like an outfit or a flower arrangement or a living room. Like if you take a photo, your eye just sees like what either needs to be there or what shouldn't be there, I feel. So that's all my, always my advice to people too, is when they're messing around with like their own stuff to take pictures throughout the whole process because it mm-hmm. shows you things. I most of the time end up stripping things away. I don't know. It's always too much for me. I'm like, no, I, I like went too far and I end up like taking stems out here and there. And then mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's good. Yeah. Right. And I'm always reminded by, um, like, isn't there a Chanel quote where it's like, when you think you're dressed and mm-hmm. ready for the day, like take one thing off and then you're, oh, and then yeah. you're ready. <laughs> yeah. Right. So yeah, it's kind of like that with me too. Mm-hmm. Nature is so crazy. Mm-hmm. Like it's the craziest thing out there. I feel like if you look at like the shapes of trees and how they grow and how certain stems and flowers reach in certain pat like in certain um shapes to get the sunlight mm-hmm. like they extend themselves and and the shapes that are created are so amazing that like I know it's not that much of a leap to like be like oh I work with flowers and I get my inspiration from nature but like it's sometimes like how things grow naturally are so interesting like there'll be there'll be these really geometric like um, lines that are like 90 degree angles Mm. sometimes. And sometimes they're really organic and and flowy in these magical creeping vines and stuff like that. But, um, But I really think that like, I don't know, if you just like look at the shape of a tree or a, a piece of grass or anything like that like it's it's really so interesting it's like brush strokes sometimes Mm. like it's really incredible to like look at the lines of of something like that but I mean I also at the same time get a lot of inspiration from like fashion and from traveling and like Mm. seeing the way different cultures put things together and places like is is really inspiring as well Mm. I feel like flowers is the one like art form maybe there's another one that I don't know of but where you leave it in a certain shape when you're finished with a piece like as an artist and it still changes like Mm -hmm. as it grows in length or as it dies like it changes it it's movement like after the artist is finished with Mm -hmm. it which is incredible like you can sort of step back and then it takes over and it 
changes itself, which yeah. is so interesting.、Mm. There's a peace and a mystery with flowers that is unique as well.、Yeah. Um, also, like the fragrant element is like、mm. really interesting as well.、Yeah. Like, Like, there's multiple senses involved in work of flowers. Yeah. Which is really cool. So, I admire them like greatly. I think it's such an interesting thing that it's this living medium.、Mm -hmm. This conversation was originally recorded in Lauren's beautiful home in Toronto. But we both felt the need to have another conversation about a story she recently shared on Instagram. So, we decided to sit down again. But between the first and second time, Lauren and her husband Matt have moved from Toronto to their new home in the city of Hamilton. So, this part of the conversation is recorded in their new home. Talking about art itself, I think the story you shared with me that we forgot to talk about last time,、right. I think it's almost,、um, you know, art itself is arguable. Like,、uh, people can think painting is an art form、mm -hmm. or language or even what I'm doing right now, I think it's an art form.、Mm -hmm. But、yes, some people you say, might argue.、Mm -hmm. So, When art is, or itself is very debatable, what it is and what is art, what is good art, what is bad. And on top of that, and then people don't appreciate it. And then, so that's kind of like a lot of different layers on top of that. So that kind of leads to the story I really, really wanted to talk about. Is that what you shared on Instagram and then resonated with me?、Mm -hmm. um, can you just tell that story? This is a story that my dad. Shared with me. Oh, you never shared with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. A number of years ago. And he's always,、uh, like, he's not in the arts, but he has a very strong love and I think admiration for the arts and、um, has always respected it and really, yeah, admired it. And he himself has, like, countless poetry memorized where he would just, like, start. You know, like just sort of burst into like、mm -hmm. reciting a poem like randomly、um, throughout my life with him. But、um, so one day he told me this story、um, about a lady who went into a shop to buy a hat. And she asked the shop owner, who is a designer, if he will make a hat for her. And he says he will and goes to the back of the shop and returns with a ribbon about six inches wide and 12 feet long. And he begins to wrap and wind and tie the ribbon around the lady's head until he has made the most beautiful hat the lady has ever seen. She says she loves the hat and asks how much she owes him. He says $500. The lady says that's outrageous and calls him a thief. She says she can buy a ribbon just like that down the street for $5. And the man gives the hat ribbon a tug and undoes the ribbon, which falls to the floor. He picks it up. And hands it to the lady, the loose ribbon, and says, Here, the ribbon is free. And it just like spoke to me so much because I just felt like that is the perfect way to say, like, Yeah, I know you can go buy, you know, your single stems or your bunches of flowers. Or whatever the art is, like down the street for, you know, a fraction of the cost. But that's not what you're paying for. And I feel like so often artists and floral designers feel like they need to apologize for charging what they should because you're paying for the talent, you're paying for, you know, the design. 
which is so hard to communicate to people and and ask them to well sometimes sometimes people are great but um yeah like I feel like it's it's hard for people to justify asking for payment for their skill and Mm -hmm. their talent and I think that story is just so like it it communicates so beautifully but like sometimes it's it's difficult a difficult thing to ask for yeah and the other day actually i was thinking i, I this question i have conversation ask myself all the time like what is art mm-hmm. um and i couldn't have the answer but the other day something actually came to me i was like maybe this is it i'm gonna share with you maybe okay. you tell me great <laughs> so before i before i share that what came to me. I also want to share, there's like an article that can make fun of uh, this art gallery. There is one person dropped a pair of glasses on the floor and there's so many people taking picture of that glasses because mm-hmm. they thought that was oh, part no. of the art. Yeah. So that whole thing like came, became a joke. It became this whole argument or debate about what art is. And then I was like, oh my God, that's so true. Like what is art? It's such a, like a century old question, but mm-hmm. nobody had an answer on seems. And then the other day, this, I was like actually taking a shower. <laughs> Usually, I don't know why, but my craziest ideas always come when I was taking a shower. <laughs> and I was thinking, what is art? I feel like art is actually something you pour love into. I know it sounds as cheesy as this. That glass someone put on, on the floor, then nobody has any love poured into it. Mm-hmm. So to me, I don't think that's art. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe that... It's my definition of art now. Mm-hmm. Somebody might argue or disagree, but I think now when I look at art, could be so ugly. But if someone has, I can sense that feeling of love. Mm-hmm. Someone mm-hmm. put some like soul and time and effort and love into it, and I think that's art. And maybe I, I wonder, like, I wonder if it's not necessarily always love, mm-hmm. but but a strong emotion. Mm-hmm. Like if yeah, you, that's a better word. Yeah, if I agree. You, um, because sometimes. Like you be moved to create something out of like devastation mm. or loss or right. anger, mm. and I I think that that's still you can feel you can feel it you know mm. like the emotional intention behind something, and I think love would make beautiful art, but um, but I do believe that I think sometimes it's yeah you just change my mind darker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Scratch what I had. (laughs) I I really think that sometimes like I put on music to to really help me get Mm. a sense of the emotional intention. If it's if it's I don't know, like tragedy or loss. I think in my case anyway, flowers, but but paintings or dance or whatever your art form is, you can really help work through emotion with art as well. So I think it's sort of like this two way street where like you're doing it to work through something, but it's also giving you like an outlet to be able to work through something. You Which know? is really true. So cool. Yeah. yeah. It's so cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. You just totally changed my mind. I don't think it, Well, it's, it's still what no, no, you're saying, but Yeah, like, but emotion, that's a better word for sure. Right, that's, yeah. I think, I, what I wanted to go for, but you chose a much better oh, word. Well. <laughs> Because I do believe sometimes it is true, like art sometimes comes from suffering. Yeah. Doesn't always have to, but I do believe that sometimes that does help. Yeah. It's, and it's, yeah. um, it's a way of communication. I think that mm. sometimes people, you know, can't express something 
they feel strongly in words, but they can do it through an artistic medium much mm -hmm. easier. Yeah. And usually it's expressing emotion. I last time I asked you what are you currently seeking, you say peacefulness. Mm -hmm. Is right now you still seeking that or you think Oh yeah. Yeah. Good time. Yeah. And I feel like we're like achieving it here. In this recent move we're still like so connected so close to the city if yeah. i want to be you know like i still have the access to opportunities and every like benefit that the mm -hmm. big city has to offer you know but it being removed just slightly like gives your body a chance to rejuvenate. relax yeah. yeah and rejuvenate and and find that little bit of like breathing space. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like when people are relaxed, they produce their best work. Like mm. stress strangles creativity. Yeah. And I feel like if you're, if you're always, you know, if your mind is always turning, if it's always, yeah. you're in a state of like tension or stress, it like strangles creativity. And yeah. I just feel like I needed to listen to my, my body and myself and just step away just yeah. ever so slightly just to get that little bit of space yeah. and peace yeah i think the society definitely is gradually changing now but why do you think for the longest time it has been well, romanticized this whole idea of uh, being busy equals to success yeah, yeah the yeah. hustle work, hustle work, work, yeah. we had a hustler ambition and then, and, yeah, yeah like like which is great like in some way to sure. some extent yeah but also kind of push this whole idea almost of kind of like it's so much pressure on a lot of people. Well, I feel like that approach or that mindset is very North American too. Whereas yeah. like if you look at other cultures like European or South American, like they respect and value their downtime. Yeah. And they're like, it's like the balance of their lives is just... Um, well, just that, like more mm -hmm. balanced with their evenings being spent with friends and mm. like going out and relaxing. And yeah, and I just I feel like they got it more right than yeah. we did. Like, well, and I feel like all of those people that are like Ariana Huffington, who, you know, is a very successful like woman, you know, boss, like she's now saying like I was driving myself into the ground. Yeah. And I realized, like, I needed sleep, and I needed. Yeah, she to... had. A, she wrote a book about yes, sleep. I know. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, why is this something that we're like, oh yeah, uh, like amazing? Yeah, like, it's like this. I don't know. It seems so simple. But I it's know. Just like, no, we actually need to take care of ourselves to yeah. like to for sustainability's sake. You know? Yeah, like, yeah. I think we we are reaching a point, or for some people, have reached a point that to the realization of this is definitely needed such a simple idea for mm -hmm. human basics just survive yeah. to create more you know great ideas mm -hmm. but i just can think about why for all this time for the, all these years we're really just go 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 and then this idea of go 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 seemed like it was normal was the way mm -hmm. it is was the the path to success or something yeah if you're home doing nothing that's kind of almost like a loser kind of you yeah. know yeah. Like, yeah yeah right and i feel like there is there is that yeah. too like yeah. i feel like there's just sort of the you know lazy deadbeat sort of yeah. like lifestyle as well and i i don't think that's what what i'm saying to go for <laughs> necessarily but i just yeah. think like if you unwind mm. even just slightly 
you will stop to see or you will have the opportunity to notice beauty mm. that you wouldn't have otherwise that you would have just been like yeah okay great like let's go you know and mm. it's just like no just like take a minute and and let your cells and yeah. pores open and breathe to be able to take in things um, that you wouldn't have normally or otherwise been able to take in so that yeah. you can put out something that you now have you know oh that's so beautiful oh <laughs> Oh, let your pores open so yeah. you can take in something and then pour it back in the universe. Wow. Yeah. I need to uh, digest that a little bit. That's good. We all do. Like, yeah, and so I, I feel like I do too. Like, I don't know that I've like achieved this, but it's just something to keep refocusing your yeah. mind on, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we get distracted. We get mm-hmm. um, off track. We get sometimes doubt ourselves, and then we get into the mood of being busy. But I think that practice of like driving yourself back mm-hmm. and then to remind yourself that, I think that's almost, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, the, like, and doubt is huge. Like, yeah. I feel like I struggle with that like immensely with like sort of the imposter syndrome mm. you know of being like well i like i don't know here's what i can up? do yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but is that like yeah, does anybody number. care you know right um but i think when when you can just how do you shift that when you have the idea when you're kind of stuck in that um yeah i don't know like like what i really struggle with is meeting my own like um approval I guess like I I really am not satisfied with something until Mm. like I like it or I think oh that's like that's something that interests me yeah and I don't I don't know that uh, like I mean you just have to to keep trying and pushing and and like giving yourself what you need taking the time to then be like okay I'm ready to go at it again or like but yeah, no, I, I think that's just something. I don't know that I have the answer for that. I think mm. it's um, something that creative people yeah. battle with. Yeah. Is feeling like, oh, I don't, I don't know. Like, yeah. am I, can I run with, you know, the people that I admire? Or, yeah. But I think that that's um, an ongoing, like, just growth. Also, I feel like sometimes, like, I reach a point where I just, like, have this strange burst of, um, just, like, confidence or, or not, like, just don't care. Someone's mm. gonna like it. Like you said, like, art is so subjective mm. that if you just, like, and, and confidence, I feel like, is so, um, beautiful sometimes yeah. that if you just kind of do something, just do something on purpose, yeah. unapologetically, mm. I don't know. Maybe that'll kick you up to the next level or something. Maybe. I don't know. It's a, it's a strategy. Tie back to uh, Nikes. Just yeah, do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Kind of. Like, just bite that's it why off. And, like, but that's yeah. why there's such a successful brand is because they get it, they nail it down. It's like, yeah, yeah just do it. It's yeah. like, sometimes start doing it. It's diff- yeah. more, way more difficult than doing it yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes, too, um, like, we... the trap is like to think of everything as like so precious Mm. like everything you touch is like or everything you create is like oh this is my new baby Mm. and I think that can sometimes be crippling Mm. like if you're too like no just keep creating and keep that muscle exercise yeah then yeah sure maybe not everything will be gold that you make but 
you'll get there faster if you、yeah. just keep going. You know, so not too attached to an idea. Yeah, that's almost like yeah, cannot nurturing this idea to extend that is too careful. Be willing to adjust and to to grow alongside your、yeah. craft. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Good that we landed here. Great. <laughs> we landed. Thank you so much for tuning in this month. I would really appreciate it if you could head over to Apple Podcast to leave us a review. The next episode will be released in a month. But in the meantime, if you crave for a little more dose of Dear Seekers, you can join the Seeker Supply on DearSeekers.com. My rapid fire chat with Lauren and her recommendations on some local jams in Toronto and Hamilton will be in your inbox two weeks from now. So see you soon. Until then, keep seeking. Thank you.